Hi, everyone, and welcome to the News Agent podcast. I'm Susie Lysett, Content Manager at Goodlord. Today, we're going to be talking about one of those technologies that's helping to make our daily lives easier in the background. It's obviously quite a broad statement. There are a lot of technologies out there that could fit into that category. Uh, but this one in particular is becoming more and more useful in lettings, in the rental process, the rental experience, and that's open banking. As usual, I've invited an expert on the topic to join me today so we can talk through what that is and what it means to the industry. And that expert today is Tasha Chohan, UK and Ireland Banking Sales Director at Tink. So welcome to the podcast, Tasha. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Hi, it's very nice to have you here. So I deliberately haven't explained there what Tink is. I'm going to leave you to do it because I think you'll do a better job of it than me. So if you wouldn't mind just telling us a bit about you and a bit about uh, Tink as well, just to kick us off, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So my role at Tink is Banking and Lending Director for the UK and Ireland. So I essentially look after the go-to-market strategy that we have in the region, how we work with customers, what products are the best fit, where we need to tweak them in accordance with the market demands. And then Tink is a business. So we're the leading European open banking platform. We've been in the UK for over five years now, scaled the business quite significantly over the course of the last year. And that was because we were acquired by Visa. Um, last year. And we essentially at Tink, we look at how data payment services can improve customer experiences. Uh, and this is through all open banking connectivity. It's a good overview to, to kick us off. I suppose, though, that the first thing that we really should do, you obviously gave a bit of bit of insight there, but I guess we should really delve into what open banking is. You, you know, it's it's been around for a few years now. But as I said, I think it's almost one of those things that you, I, I suspect you tend to use, but not necessarily know it as a name, this is open banking. So if you wouldn't mind just explaining a bit about what, what it is and where you might uh, see it in your in your daily lives, our daily lives. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess with open banking, from a, from a Tink perspective, the way that we define open banking is looking at the exchange of data and services between financial institutions and third party providers to deliver enhanced capabilities and experiences to the market. But what that actually means is that we're able to give people and businesses more more personalised and efficient experiences through access to data. And this is completely based upon an individual or a business's consent. And it's something that we've been doing at Tink now for over 10 years. Because of this experience that we've got, we understand that there's particular areas that you can focus on with open banking, such as onboarding. So being able to drive efficiencies in verifying someone's identity um, in the affordability process. So like when you're risk profiling uh, an individual or a business, how you're able to to use real-time data to streamline that process and give a real-time up-to-date view of that. But then also, I guess, from an engagement standpoint, because you've got access to this data, you're able to offer more personalised, uh, tailored products and services based off the back of the individual's data or business's data that is actually really suited to them. And I guess those three particular areas, uh, that's what individuals or businesses will see day to day. Um, you don't necessarily need to know you're going through an open banking flow, but it's actually the different ways in which it could be used to, to improve how you're engaging with your customer. I guess that's normally the case with a lot of technology, isn't it? It's almost that idea that you're using it and you just you don't necessarily need to know how it works or whatever. You need just need to understand that it's making your life easier and it's making uh, giving you perhaps choices and things that you didn't necessarily have before. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the whole premise of um, open banking. It's about driving uh, more competition, driving better better services for the end user. 
And I, I suppose as well, it's obviously within this industry, within the lettings industry and the property industry as well, you've got this idea of agents that are providing services to tenants and yet their providers are the ones that are likely um, who are actually using open banking. So agents are offering a service to their tenants. They're perhaps offering open banking through providers. Um, Obviously, Goodlord is is one of those. We have our partnership um, to be able to offer this an open banking solution. Now that we've talked about what open banking is, it'd be great to gain an understanding as to where in the lettings process it's currently used. How how is it helping agents to be that bit more efficient or, or offer their tenants that little bit more? Yeah, and I think there's a number of areas that open banking can really help on. I think the first one, which I mentioned a little bit before, is actually looking at the affordability of a tenant. So being able to, I guess, in that process, that lettings process, there's a typical need to be submitting bank statements to assess both the income of the individual and essentially their affordability. So what's their expenditure like as well? Now, typically that process is quite manual. It's manual for the 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 customer, well, it's not the customer, it's the tenant in this case, but it's manual for the tenant to get their bank statements, pull them from their bank, submit them in. And then from, I guess, the agent's perspective, it's reviewing that. It's quite quite a laborious process. And there's now with open banking, there's better ways to do that. So with open banking, you're able to, through the, the data access and through the consent of the tenant, you're able to provide an up-to-date view because it's all done in real time. It's a seamless, I guess, frictionless experience where you're just connecting your account and sharing your transactions. It's a complete view. So it's completely up-to-date. And that's then used for example, to to be able to understand that individual's affordability. It's reliable because it's direct from the user's banking app and it's instant because it's 100% digitalized process. Uh, It's real-time verification and it's taken away from all of that manual process that we spoke about that that is typically there today. So I'd say that the affordability assessments are being able to look at both the income and expenditure of a tenant. Um, Streamlining that is definitely the first area. Uh, the second, I would say, is verifying your bank details for payments as well. So being able to, through, again, uh, account access, being able to pull things like name, sort code, account number um, from your from the consent that you've been given so that you can streamline that process. Well, I mean, both of those areas, obviously, it's, it's as you say, the huge amount of paperwork that goes into lettings anyway. So you've got all the contracts and things, all of the checks that you need to do. Having um, having this as a as a step uh, within that process is, I mean, you know, we're, we're good lord, we try and actively encourage that for agents to pass that on to to tenants and make them aware that they have this option to use open banking because it does make it so much easier for both sides of the, of that. It is for agents and for tenants as well. So, yeah, it is quite it is quite an important step that they could choose to to go down on the affordability topic as well. I, I suspect that that's probably something which is becoming more and more important in the current context. I guess that, you know, we are in the midst of a cost of living crisis, as we're all aware. Um, and affordability is one of those things that it, it does become a concern. Um, obviously, there are different financial constraints on, on well, on everybody, but, um, you know, tenants, landlords, agents, but for tenants in particular, that it comes down to a question of uh, affording their rents and so on. What more could you say about um, the affordability standpoint? I believe that you've done some research in the past around affordability with regards to credit and, and so on too. What do you anticipate the role of open banking being in this broader topic of affordability within the industry at the moment? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, 
with the backdrop of the cost of living crisis, I think when talking about affordability, I think the more data that you have, the better in being able to understand the situation that that, that tenant is in. Um, it's not just the immediate piece of, okay, can they afford the rent on this property? But it's actually that ongoing bit of, we don't know what's going to happen in the next 12 months, 18 months, like whether we're going to get, like the, the economy is going to, pick back up or whether we're, we're just at the start of it right and I think being able to have that access to that data it helps you understand and understand understand the credit worthiness of that individual on, on an ongoing basis as well so for example being able to look at I guess uh, r- risky risky situations for them understanding uh, their spending habits and understanding whether it's in accordance with the risk appetite that for example a landlord might have with their tenants so I think it's being able to use the data in the right way um, not just to, to streamline the onboarding pieces that we spoke about before around affordability and getting tenants through quicker but actually on an ongoing basis on whether they can actually afford the rent in the long term. It's obviously quite important the point that you raise about the the risk appetite the landlords have in those direct clients of agents um, and so this type of consideration is is well, it's always important, but particularly right now. How do you see this factoring in in terms of the use of this technology factoring into almost the competitiveness of, of agents within this field? Do you, do you think it's something that you they could almost be using to actively talk about and say that this is um, something that they're doing to kind of shore up their processes, create more security and so on? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's benefits on on both sides for the, the tenant and the landlord. I think from a, a tenant standpoint, I mean, the way that it could be sold to the agent is that ultimately you're able to get a quicker turnaround time when getting approvals for renting a property, right? Because it's a digital process. You're able to to streamline all of that. You're not waiting for a tenant to submit these bank statements. You're then not having to do all of those checks that you do from a back office perspective um, on the bank statements. So there's a, a much quicker turnaround time there for the tenant. So you're getting them in a lot quicker. Um, you mentioned secure, right? That's one of the, the whole premises of open banking. It's based on consent. It's regulated institutions that are that are given access to this data and it's licensed third party providers, which are facilitating all of this. And it's secure because you're not actually having to send your entire bank statement as well. Right? With what technologies like what Tink provides um, and works with Goodlord on, you're only pulling out the specific bits around income. Uh, and in the future it will be on expenditure as well so it's actually much more secure in that respect because you're not getting uh, I guess the full insight into uh, all all of the all of bank statements and I guess the final bit from a tenant's standpoint is you're actually able to drive financial inclusion with this as well so because you're providing this seamless way to verify affordability like you're able to do this for those that don't have that that steady stream of income, you're able to do this for those that are self-employed, those in, in the gig economy, those who, for, for example, don't have credit histories in the UK. You're able to use open banking through, for example, with Tink, we're in 19 markets across Europe. You're able to use that connectivity from the other markets so that you're able to actually serve more tenants off the back of that. So I'd say there's definitely plus sides on the tenant's perspective in terms of like selling this into agencies. But then I guess on the landlord's perspective as well, I mean, similar points, but you're able to to get accept, accepting tenants a lot faster, quicker application times, meaning faster approvals. You get in tenants in the properties a lot quicker. You're accepting more tenants, as I mentioned before, from a financial inclusion perspective, because you're able to access more data. 
Um, and then it's that up-to-date comprehensiveness as well on the tenants' finances. Like, what can they afford? Going back to the point about cost of living, like, it's a plus side all in all uh, for both landlords and tenants. So I think from an agency standpoint, there's there's multiple points that they could uh, benefit from in adopting this. No, it's true. I mean, the way that you uh, you outline it like that, it does put it in perspective, really, in terms of the the different angles that it can come from uh, for that for those benefits at this point in the, in that lettings journey. Obviously, landlords would always be looking for short avoid periods and making sure that they can get somebody a tenant paying tenant into their property um, to to help alleviate their own costs. And obviously, accepting more tenants, having a wider pool to choose from too, it does uh, it does give a bit more choice to the landlords as well. I talked about choice to the tenants and the fact they can choose to use this technology, but it gives landlords more choice which is a good thing all around again. Yeah, no, absolutely. And on the topic of security and, and the safety, I think that this is one of those key aspects that sometimes does become question or a point of concern for tenants, especially those who may not be as used to using online banking or online technologies. Is there anything that you would, you know, how, how would you advise agents or landlords to be talking to their tenants just to make them aware that this technology is non-intrusive and, and is intended to to help and obviously is safe like you said yeah I think I mean there's a whole education piece around um open banking I think that oh well it's debatable right because we've been in open banking before it was known as open banking uh, as a business tink has and for us it's very much like a user shouldn't have to know about open banking to know that they're going through that flow it should just be improving uh, that particular customer experience that they're going through shouldn't necessarily have to have a 101 on this is what open banking is this is how it's used but I mean I think that's that's the the point with agents I would say in terms of like they they need to share with tenants that this is a, a better way for them to be able to to get the right property for them because it's looking out for them in the long term there like it this is new technology yes but mass market don't need to know that it's more about okay what better product or what better or better like better experience is uh, a tenant going to go through because of uh being able to to give consent to their data and doing it in a safe and secure way because we're a licensed in uh, we're a licensed organization we're going to get from a regulated institution like all of those different factors like it is secure but it's more about okay what what can we do to improve that experience for the tenant and i think that's the bit from an agent's perspective that they need to need, need to understand and i think it's those those real value adds that i spoke about before um like what, why it benefits the tenants why it benefits the landlords it's that understanding that agents have to i guess get an understanding of which can really help and it's, I guess, that tenant experience, landlord and tenant experience, as I said before, or as you said before, it's kind of it's benefiting both parties. Agents that focus on that and look for those new USPs and new ways to actually provide an experience, which kind of goes over and above what's perhaps traditionally been the the expectation. I think that nowadays, a lot of tenants and landlords, you know, everybody's just used to using technologies to help them through different processes. And so that will become not so much a USP, but it will actually become an expectation. And so agents embrace that technology, these innovations that are just in theory, just running in the background. They're the ones who are perhaps going to stand out more as the industry progresses, particularly. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting to see 
what types of incremental improvements agents can be looking at within the industry, within the rent tech ecosystem and saying, okay, what have those conversations and just see what kinds of technologies they can, they are using to make that whole process a lot easier in the background. It's it's quite an exciting time, I think, to hear about how these technologies are, are making these improvements across the board. You know, blue skies thinking, where, where do you think that the next steps would be within the lettings industry? Let's, let's sort of restrict it to that. But open banking, you know, can, where would you envisage this this going next? What I mentioned before around, uh, I guess, being able to, on an ongoing basis, have this understanding. Because I think from a lettings perspective, and again, I mean, sound like a broken record talking about cost of living, but when talking about cost of living, I think being able to have that overview and being able to support tenants in the right way. So for example, if if it does come to the situation where um, they're unable to f- afford their rent, it, they're in a position, there's a support system around that and how they can be able to, to, to continue renting that property. I think being able to have that that insight and then having the support system around that, I think that is definitely something um, in the long term would be lovely to see. I know you also you have some research and data around how the cost of living crisis is affecting affordability in the UK right now. Um, so if you could perhaps take us through some of the, the key points, some of the highlights of, of that, that would be interesting to hear. Maybe just to give, I guess, a bit of an overview on the research that we recently launched um, we ran some consumer research uh, focused on the cost of living crisis and really trying to understand uh, the UK economy in terms of uh, how individuals are doing and which customers need different levels of support. And we categorised these into three different buckets, those that were, were comfortable, those that were just managing and those that were financially vulnerable. And in the first bucket, there was an estimated 14 million that are comfortable uh, at the moment with all of the, the cost of living crisis that's going on. But the rest of the UK um, are either in just managing or finance, financially vulnerable. It's uh, around 25 million which are in the just managing piece, which is staggering when thinking about the scale um, of that in the UK market. And then the the vulnerable bucket it's an estimated 12 and a half million, which sit within that. So those that are can afford, for example, if their their essential spend goes up £20 per month, they wouldn't be able to afford that. So they're going to have to be taking out lines of credit in order to support that. And so that research is a real indicator for us and a driver for why it's so important to be able to have data points on individuals and understand Um, their affordability, but also how you can help them in those cases as well. Can open banking fit into that in terms of helping them with those, find those solutions? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going beyond just looking at someone's affordability. It's using the data in the right way to provide the right tools for individuals to manage their finances in a better way. So we've been, I guess, focusing on a lot of this conversation around affordability, being able to streamline the the process, the letting process for tenants, um, providing a better experience for them. But actually, a, a big bit of the Tink business is looking at uh, consumer engagement and money management and how you're able to have the right tools and features uh, to support customers in managing their finances better, whether that's through helping them just understand their finances. So giving them that visibility, because I don't know about you, but I have, for example, a 
five bank accounts that I use for different things. So it's being able to to consolidate all of that into the one place and then actually understand your holistic financial position. But then also being able to have the right features to manage that in the right way. So being able to set budgets, being able to set up a savings goal, for example, because I've got a big holiday coming up at the end of the year, or being able to ha- like have insights into my financial data, because I-, I understand it, it's all there, it's all clear, and it's all in front of me. But actually, I, what, how can I delve into that a little bit further? How can I reach that savings goal? Or how can I manage my budgets a bit better? So providing the right insights there to do that. You can see how it would help you have so much information everywhere and then it's how to use it in the right way it's what it always comes down to with data it's the analysis of it and the the insights from it that that are most important uh, rather than just literally the data itself would you say that in this context open banking has as a technology has been growing over time has this accelerated it has the need for these kind of insights the need for this kind of solution do you think that the cost of living crisis has accelerated it has it now got that momentum and you think it's just going to to continue at this pace yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's received a lot more backing, I would say, across not just like financial services, but I think more broadly, I mean, we're talking quite now, uh, rent tech. So it, it's expanding, which is great. And I think there's been a, a number of couple of drivers for that, which you've mentioned. So definitely the pandemic, the need to digitalize the engagement that you have um, and being able to remove that friction, that manual process that we have as both consumers and businesses having day-to-day processes. Um, so the pandemic definitely was one of the main drivers, um, but then also cost of living as well. So getting faster and fairer access to finance is one of the key areas off the back of the cost of living crisis. But I think now it's becoming more of a, a mainstream type of technology that's being used like I mentioned, we're breaking out of financial services, which is great, going into different industries. And I think the way that we work with Good Lord is a, is a perfect example of that. And I think this will just continue. It's It'll become the, the concept of it. Well, I guess the, the reality of open banking, it's becoming more and more mature. And the more use cases that we're able to, to work through will help drive that growth as well. No, well, it sounds like it's going to continue having I say a lot of potential it's already there it's already in the market and being used a lot but um, the scope of where it could be going next and and how much it will help help influence our lives in kind of a positive way it sounds uh, going to be quite exciting to see to see that progression and to see where where it goes yeah um, no, and I think that's I mean that's uh, I guess the the top of the conversation when we were talking around like customer experience, whether that's an individual, whether it's a business, I think that's the main driver behind it. And that's what's going to drive the adoption and the growth. It's going to be that focus on, okay, how can I make things quicker, easier, and more simpler to use? Like that's one of the main things for this. It's like a, a cost-effective way to, to provide the best customer experience. No, I'm I'm one of those people. I'm I'm very happy to have simple solutions to these things. Um, so I'm I'm all for adopting that kind of technology. No, well, fantastic. I mean, thanks ever so much for for joining me today. I think that that's a great overview to 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 give to letting agents and and landlords, tenants that may be listening in as well, just to give a, an idea as to why this kind of technology is important. You know, where it can help and and how much of an impact it can have. Um, so yeah, thanks ever so much for joining me. And thanks for having me.